who's listening? Money, money, money. Money is a wonderful thing to have. It, it gives you options. It gives you possibilities. It gives you choices. It gives you freedom. And it gives you confidence. Have you noticed how you feel when you do have money? You have an attitude. You know, you walk differently. You act differently. You go to different places. You do different things. And then when you don't have money, the first thing to go is the confidence. Suddenly, you start feeling less. You start feeling insignificant. You start feeling as if you're not worth anything. And you start thinking, you know what? If I had money, this would not happen to me. If I had money, then you wouldn't treat me like this. If I had money, I wouldn't have to stand for this. This is what happens. And that's the difference between you do and don't have money. But, but, when money flows freely in your life, you feel relaxed, you feel happy, you feel content, you feel on top of the world. But the challenge is to ask yourself, who are you without the money? Because look, let's be realistic. The world judges you according to what you have, what you know, who you know, where you live, what you do, what family you come from, what education you have, right? That's how the world judges you. But you are not from this world. Your confidence must be in God. Your hope must be in God. Your faith must be in God. You see why this is so important? Because whether you have or you don't have, it doesn't change who you are. And yes, and yes, when things were very well, and then they start changing because many people, this is the road that we travel on. The one moment you have everything, and the next moment you have nothing, nux, dololo, nothing, zero. Who are you then? Because it hits you where you never expected it to hit. It hits you hard. It hits you savagely. It hits you painfully. But because there is God and you are more than what you could ever own or have or know, that's when God starts working. 
Am I saying that you have to be broke before you first meet God? Definitely not. Definitely not. But for some, it is part of your journey. So God can speak right to your heart. Do you have to accept struggle and poverty? Hell no. Hell no. Refuse poverty. Refuse struggle. Refuse to be put in a box because of what you know and who you are and where you live. Even if you live in a shack with no running water, you are still a child of God as much as the CEO or the chairperson or the president of the biggest company in the world. Money does not make you a better person, but it makes life so much easier. And this, this thing that, oh God, Jesus was a poor man. You know, you mustn't be, if, if you are rich, then it means you won't see God. It's nonsense. It's rubbish. Stop with that belief. Jesus was rich even before he was born. People were looking for him to bring gifts to him. He never knew poverty. He never knew poverty. But what he said, if you read carefully, in the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, what Jesus said is that your riches, your position, your status, your possessions, everything that is from this world, it must not be more important or higher or above him. That's what he said. He can give you right now, right here, the second. He can give you all the riches, all the wealth. But are you ready for it? Are you ready for it? And you know today, today where you are, where you are right now, if you have a financial problem, if you are worried about tomorrow's food, how are you going to pay your debts? How are you going to pay school fees? How are you going to buy food? How are you going to buy uniforms? If you are worried, how are you going to make it? Will you ever get out of this situation of struggle because it's constant year after year, day after day? And if you are wondering, when will this happen for me? Stop. You know why I can say stop? Because I've been there. Stop. This is what you do. You go to that cupboard. When you open them right now and they are empty, you bless that cupboard and you say in the name of Jesus, I give honor and I give glory to God for filling this cupboard to overflow. When you think that you won't have money for whatever it is you say, I praise the Lord for making a way. 
I praise God for bringing that school uniforms right to me, for bringing that stationery right to me, for bringing that food right to me, for bringing whatever it is that I am praying for, that he brings it. Instead of asking, when is it going to happen? You declare and you decree and you confirm and you say it is happening. It has happened. God provided. God blessed. Already, I am receiving it. I am taking it. I am embracing it. I am accepting the goodness, the wealth, the glory, the blessing, the abundance, the prosperity, the overflow of the Lord. Not of this world. You know what is faith? Your faith comes into action where your money and your relationships are concerned. That's when your faith comes into action. Your faith must show up when you see with your physical eye, when you see how the money is dwindling, when you see, when you look, there's no way out. Your child needs school shoes. There's no money for school shoes. What do you do? You don't run around. You rest in God and it's not easy. Don't let anyone convince you that it's easy. It's not, and it's not automatic, and it won't feel real, and it won't feel true. But you just keep on saying it until it feels true and real and natural to you. Don't worry. God knows your child needs school shoes. You say, thank you, my Lord, for providing my child with shoes at the right moment. Thank you, my Lord, that you cover my child and you protect her or you protect him. And I, you just give thanks to the Lord. You just give thanks. You want abundance in your life? You want prosperity? You want it? Then stop declaring that you are broke. Walk around like a rich person that you are. Walk around like as if you know you have already taken all the wealth that God has put in you. Walk around with confidence in the Lord. You know, faith requires you to be crazy. Because faith, faith is an anchor. No? Have you seen what an anchor does? Have you seen those massive ships? That you 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 feel like a you feel like a clean machine when you stand next to them. They're huge. So just think, just think. Hmm? That ship. Anyway, when it comes at a certain when it arrives at a certain point, they have to throw the anchor to hold that ship, to hold that ship. And when the anchor, when the anchor is there when they've thrown out the anchor it stabilizes the ship so whether the winds come 
and the sea and the waves. That ship, it will be shaken, it will be moved, but it will be anchored. They don't say, let's anchor the ship so then the wind won't blow around us or the waves won't touch us. They say, no, the captain says, let's anchor the ship so that it can be stable when the winds and the waves and the the storm comes. That is what faith is. It doesn't mean these things won't touch you. It doesn't mean that you won't face difficulties. It doesn't mean that life will be smooth sailing. It means that you are anchored in Christ, that you call upon him. So when you do feel overwhelmed, and overwhelmed you will be, when you do feel overwhelmed, discouraged, afraid, worried, that you can call out to the heavens and say, my God is my anchor. My God is my outcome. I am a conqueror in Christ. I am more than a conqueror. That is what faith does. With faith, you can overcome fear. It's the only thing that can help you to overcome fear. We fear because we don't believe. We fear because we doubt. We fear because we are uncertain. But what faith does, it gives you confidence. It gives you certainty. It gives you conviction. It gives you power. It gives you strength. Yeah, you will be humiliated. Accept it. Accept. You will feel as if you are nothing. That's true. You will feel as if you are useless and worthless and a failure. Yeah, those feelings will come. They will come. But they are all lies. They are all lies. The truth is that you've never been a failure. The truth is that you were never useless. The truth is that you were never worthless. You are valuable, precious in the eyes of the Lord. You are loved and blessed. That is who you are. Feelings come from thoughts. When your thoughts you know, Satan can only enter through your mind. When your thoughts start lying, because you're, when you open that door, it's a serious downward spiral. So when the first lie comes, the lie that says, look at you, look at where you are, look at what you have become. You have nothing. That's the lie. You tell that lying spirit, I am precious in the eyes of the Lord. I am God's most favored, most valued, most powerful, most empowered child. That is who I am. You speak to that evil. That's why I say you need to be crazy. 
if you want to act all normal and well behaved, ah, you haven't tasted humiliation yet. Because what it does when you've when you've hit rock bottom, where you realize I I can I can't go lower than this. That's when you say, no ways, no, this is not who I am. I am a conqueror in Christ. And you say that you must be confident. You say, you know, and also comparison. And people are very sneaky if you don't watch. If you are asleep, if you are asleep, if you are caught napping, you won't be awake to see who's around you. You know, have you ever heard that? Oh, is that your brother? Or is that your sister? They are doing so well for themselves. How come you are living like this? Have you had that? Uh, get that person out of your life. Get them out. Because that's one of the ways how your thoughts get and can get influenced. Because you are not your brother. You're not your sister. You're not your cousin. You're not your friend. You're not your colleague, your mother or your father. You are you. This is your journey. It's your path. This is how God has ordained it for you. For you. But then again, you cannot hold on to struggle for the rest of your life. There must come a time that you say, no, I refuse, I reject, and I object to struggle and poverty and lack. You have the power within you to determine the date, the day, the hour when all of this will end. Don't ask me how. I don't know. That is, you must figure it, you must figure it out. That's the power God gave to you. You just keep on believing. You just keep on hoping and not just hoping and believing, but also listening to God for his instructions. Because when you pray for a job, when you pray for an outcome and God tells you something that has nothing to do with the answer that you were expected, expecting Pay attention. Pay attention. Because we ignore God's instructions. And then we say, oh, I'm struggling and I'm so poor. There's no breakthrough. No, it's not that there's no breakthrough. You were not listening. You were not paying attention. A simple example. God tells you, you pray, oh my Lord, you know, I just need my job back. God, help me to find a job. Help me to find another job. And God tell you, teach children. And you're like, yeah, 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 yes, my Lord. Uh, you just got your answer of what is your way out. But we are so quick to reject what doesn't suit the agenda what doesn't suit our expectations what are your expectations right now what do you expect 
What are you talking? Are you hoping for something? Or are you just, are you hoping for, are you, are you waiting in hope for better things? Or are you waiting in defeat? There's a big difference because you can pray and pray with the spirit of defeat. Or you can pray with the spirit of a conqueror. Listen to how you pray. Because if your prayer is, oh God, I have struggled so hard. I have done everything. I tried everything. When is it my turn? You are being defeatist. You are praying like a defeated person. But when you pray to God and you say, my Lord, I give thanks to you. I give thanks for providing in all my needs. I give thanks for blessing me with a vision that I myself don't understand. I give thanks that your greatness can be seen in me. I give thanks that your power can be seen in me. I give thanks, my Lord, that I am your favorite child and your blessings are raining down on me day after day after day. That must be your prayer. That must be your hope. That must be the outcome that you see. Things don't happen automatic. Faith comes when you keep on believing, when you keep on hoping, when you keep on doing what needs to be done. Even if there's no results, that requires faith. That requires faith. And don't be deceived. There's no such thing as overnight success. You, you, you see on Instagram, those guys posing with the, um, posing by the expensive jets and the expensive cars and the expensive houses. Don't be sucked in like that. I want to ask you something. Go and Google the 10 richest women in the world the 10 richest men in the world go and google them and see if they are posing in front of their homes with their expensive cars in front of their expensive houses with their private jets go and see do yourself that favor and Google the 10 richest men in the world and the 10 richest women in the world. People with real money who understand money, they're not flashy. They don't brag. They don't want to impress you with it. They are too busy making money to want to impress someone else. Don't, don't be sucked in by these celebrities because, oh, and by the way, a lot of them are being sponsored. They are endorsed. So don't, don't compare yourself to anyone except you. You are so unique and so special and so different. You are just exceptional on your own. So why do you do yourself the disservice of comparing yourself with anyone? We are all guilty of it. 
We all do it at one stage or another. But it's insulting because you are not me and I am not you. When it comes to money in relationships, take responsibility for your decisions because money can cause relationships to fall apart. It can cause stress, anger, frustration. And all of that can be sorted out by talking about it. But you know why it's so difficult to talk about money? Because we attach our emotions to it. And it's a very difficult conversation to have because we hear with our hearts. We don't hear with our minds. We hear with our hearts. And where feelings are concerned, where feelings are concerned, there is bound to be a miscommunication or a misunderstanding. How do you deal with the issue of money in your relationship? That is each person must figure that out for themselves. There are many people, many, that when you don't have money, whether it's a friend, your wife, your husband, your girlfriend, or your boyfriend, they will leave because there is no money. They associated you with money and success. And now when the money is gone, they don't know what to associate you with. You don't fit the picture because people, too often, people, uses, people use other people to realize their dreams, to feed their own insecurities, to create a certain perception. That's why they can only be friends with people who are in this, in, who only move in certain circles. So when you are no longer part of that certain circle, you don't fit into their picture of you. You don't fit into their lives. But what does it do to you? Because know this, are you ready for money? Are you ready for the power and the freedom and the responsibility that money can bring? Are you ready? So when you are in a relationship and things go wrong financially, what do you do? Do you blame? Do you lash out? Do you shout? Do you withdraw? Do you just become angry and frustrated? And now suddenly the other person is less because there's no money and it's all their fault. You cannot blame anyone for your decisions. You can't. That's the worst thing and it's a burden on each other. Each person must take their place when it comes to money. And you will make so many mistakes. You will not always get it right. There will be misunderstandings. There will be arguments. But there should never be blame. Never. 
They should never been. Why didn't you? You should have thought. You could have. Already, you beat yourself up enough as it is. It's not necessary to do it to the next person. So as couples in any relationship, any, whether it's a mother and a child, a father and a child, a husband and a wife, a girlfriend and a boyfriend, friends to friends, we need to have the money conversation. We don't talk about it enough. Yes, we can say, oh, you know, this month I'm so broke, you know, but we, start, we sh should start talking about how do you save? How do you make more money? We should start instead of thinking that that person has it all together. What do they do? Why do they have money and I don't? Instead of thinking that, start thinking, how do I change my money habits? How do I make things better? Where I've made mistakes in the past, how do I make it better for the future starting today? You know, you know what is empowering about money? It's when you have it and it doesn't bother you. When you have it and you know that now I can go and I can buy whatever, but you think, do I really need it? And you, you can say, ah, you know what? No, I don't need it. And the money doesn't bother you. That is the position that you want to be in. Will you have money? Oh, and the money has no work, you know? But the thing is, most of the times when we get money, then suddenly the list of what we want and what we need becomes so long. And here is the thing. I'm a woman. My home is my castle. It's my palace. And I have a certain picture of what I want it to look like. And I will not and I cannot rest until it looks the way that I have in my mind, the way I imagined it. So, guys, as a woman, you can never have too much bedding. You can never have too many shoes. You can never have too many bags certain things that you just cannot get enough of but here's the thing here is the thing to understand when and how to buy it it doesn't mean that every time i go to the shop i must buy a pair of shoes i must get a new bag i must buy new underwear i must get new bedding no it doesn't mean what does make a difference is to sit down and say, listen, I'm going to buy shoes today. Yeah, I know it's, you know, there's this conversation going that it's my money. I can even make of it as my child. My sister, my darling, my sweetheart, you are in a relationship. Even though it's your money, and I know lots of people won't agree with me, even though it is your money, 
But the moment you become one, because remember when you got married, you said that it said that you became one, right? So what is wrong with having a discussion and say, you know what? Today, I'm going to buy these shoes for me. So you don't have to hide the shoes or hide the expensive item. You want to enjoy it. There's no need to fight. It's as my don't, don't we have those conversations? And then also, guys, guys, understand. Your woman wants to look good. She wants to live in a beautiful home. And she has a vision for that home. She wants the children to be sorted out, the house to be sorted out, and she wants to look good. Understand when that moment comes, that when she says, look, I'm going to buy new bedding, or I'm going to buy new clothes or new shoes or whatever, it, she doesn't have to explain that but already I have, she has 10 other pairs of shoes. Oh, you know, sometimes we want to fight about things that are irrelevant. But it doesn't mean that you must take food money and buy the shoes. It doesn't mean that you must take your money that you were supposed to pay your accounts and buy food and buy shoes or things that you can go without for that moment. It doesn't mean you have to be irresponsible. But what you can do is sit down as a couple. Like, I love shoes. I love it. Do you know what is even more amazing? My husband, when he saw a great pair of shoes, he would buy it for me. And it would be exactly the kind of shoe that I wanted. I mean, how great is that? Fortunately, he knows my taste. That also counts for something. Because if you want to surprise her with something, get to know her taste. Get to know what she likes. Pay attention. The same for the woman. Pay attention to what he likes. You won't always get it right. But keep on focusing. Keep on asking. Money doesn't have to be a contentious issue. Make each other part of the decisions. No one is the dictator. No one. All of us, we work hard for our money. We work long hours for our money. So, of course, you owe it to yourself to enjoy it. But talk about the numbers. How much do you need to get through the month? How much do you need for entertainment? How much do you need for your basic things? Petrol, the car installment, the bond or rent if you are renting. Clothes, shoes, entertainment. How much do you spend on milk every month if you don't buy once a month, but you go to the, to, to the shop maybe every day after work? How much? Become aware of these things and life will start becoming simple. We don't talk about budgets. We don't. Because, oh, you know, when you hear you must budget, it's like your eyes just, it just rolls over and your brain just switches off. 
you know, and your mind just starts wondering because, oh, budgets are so boring. But you know what a budget does? It gives you an idea of how much you spend. So if you, every time, if you have an argument about that pair of shoes that you bought and already you have 25 other pairs of shoes, then wouldn't it be better when you sit down and you can show, look, I have enough money to buy the shoes. It's not an impulsive buy. I'm not buying the shoes. And then afterwards, when I get home, I realize, do I didn't budget for the bread for the month. But if you look, you're like, hey, maybe the shoes can wait for next month. You're not going to die. See, money doesn't have to be a war zone. It doesn't have to be a fight. We go to work. We sacrifice. We neglect our families to make money. And yet, once we made the money, we've, we have it in our hands, then we want to start arguing about it. Isn't that an injustice? You must begin to enjoy your money. Enjoy making it, enjoy spending it, and enjoy talking about it. Let it be in adventure and let it be part of the vision you have for your family. And you can teach your children because your children observe you. If they say when if they see whenever money comes up, it's a stress, they think money is bad and evil, and it's good. It's glorious, it's wonderful, it's amazing to have money. Start having the money conversation. You cannot have it enough. And you keep on having it, you keep on talking about it, you keep on dreaming about it, you keep on believing for it, you keep on praying for it, and you keep on thanking God for it. And one last thing. Sometimes we pray for money to provide in our needs and God comes through another way. Because that shoes that you need, you think you need the money. Right now, someone is sitting with a box of school shoes for your child and they can just bring it and your need is provided. Our needs are more than just money. Pray about the thing that you want and God will bring it to you. Pray about the dream that you have and God will bring it to you. Money is just the byproduct of our dreams. It's not the focus. So I thank you. Have a wonderful, wonderful day and um, enjoy the rest of the day. We'll talk soon.